Hey, we are so thankful that you're taking the time to tune into Grumlaw Church's podcast. It's our hope that this is an encouragement to you as you draw closer to Jesus. If you'd like to find out more about all things Grumlaw or for more info on our in-person gatherings, you can check us out at grumlaw.com. Now lean in. We're expectant for how God is going to use this time to speak to you today. I am so glad to be connecting with you today and that you're connecting with us today. It brings me pure joy to be navigating life together with you. We like to say this a lot around here. Changed lives change lives. And we are experiencing change in people's lives. Uh, many years ago, when I was traveling the country speaking, I would often challenge students to read a chapter of the Bible a day for a month. And it was absolutely incredible the response that came back from that because students and parents also said, we, 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 didn't, we didn't stop in a month. We kept reading. And the parents then would literally get a hold of me and say, the transformation that is taking place in my son or my daughter is something like we've never seen. My daughter, is, she's read the Bible now for literally a year. And here at this church, we're seeing from these spiritual disciplines that when people begin to read the word, meditate on God's word, that they begin to study God's word, there is transformation. Now, this just actually feeds into what we're talking about. What you feed on, you will become. What you spend the majority of your time involved in, mm, that's kind of what you become. So let's say, for instance, you're around a lot of negativity. Mm. And do you sense that you're becoming negative? Bitterness, ooh, the bitterness root can absolutely disrupt relationships. And I know families where it's like there's always chaos. And where's going to be that person who literally brings in the peace? Well, today... I'm confident because of who God is that you're going to be encouraged. You may be challenged and you're going to see that there can be an alternative to maybe the way you've been living. We're in this series, Following Jesus 101. It's the rhythms or the disciplines of Jesus, or as we're calling it, the practices of Jesus. I've already emphasize one of those practices, spending time in God's word, reading, studying, memorizing, meditating. That's one of the topics we've talked about and we keep emphasizing. Another was prayer. We, we talked about that when we pray, it's just not God the vending machine, but it's praising God, honoring God with that P, praise, R, repent. Then we get to the asking with the A and the Y. Well, that's where we yield, where we say, God, I'm yours. We hit one week, it was pretty incredible, on silence and solitude. And there was a different feel with that because in our unbelievable fast-paced world, ooh, silence and solitude, it almost seems like that's not appropriate. And then we emphasized one week serving. What, one of the highlights of that week was this, is 
among you it will be different. In fact, it tells us in the scriptures that as true followers of Jesus, we're a peculiar people and it will be different. And last week we talked about simplicity. Ooh. Just this week in one of the groups that I meet with each and every week, a guy in the group and his wife had already been talking about this. They're a younger family, but they're downsizing. They're going to sell their house because they're saying, why do we need something that is causing so much stress on us? And so if any of that perked you and you haven't heard any of these uh, messages, or maybe you've heard a couple, you can go to grumlaw.com slash messages, and you, you, you can pick up, or maybe you, you know, maybe you hit a podcast, you just go to Grumlaw Church. Well, we have a verse that really is the base of what we're talking about. It's found in the first gospel. It comes from Matthew 11, and let's listen to that right now. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So that verse is the base. And so what's the topic of today? Fasting. Today we're going to make many observations about this practice. Now, I understand that to a lot of you right now, this could sound like a foreign language. It's misunderstood. It's not talked about. So therefore, in some ways, maybe it's not valued. And for that matter, it's really not taught. Now, let me put this in the context of something that's happened in my life, that something may be out there, and we've just never experienced it, but it can be good for us. Uh, many years ago, when I was training with our Hope Water International team for another marathon, half marathon, that type of thing, I was beginning to experience some uh, pretty uncomfortable feelings in my hip, and it got to the point I'm thinking, I'm going to have to cut back working out, and I don't even know if I'm going to be able to pull off this half marathon. And somebody said, maybe you should go to a chiropractor, but I got to tell you something. In my mind, I'm thinking to myself, uh, that's voodoo, that's wacky medicine, where in the ham and eggs does that even come from? But I was I was experiencing enough pain that I went to the chiropractor, and I want to tell you, within a couple weeks, I was a new man feeling incredibly different. The truth is this. I was out of alignment. And the reality is this. Maybe it's not real bad, but maybe in a spiritual sense, we can be brought into alignment. I still go to the chiropractor. So fasting in a spiritual sense is not a practice to lose weight, but to gain a better alignment with God, to get spiritual insight and understanding. Fasting is going without food to follow and feast on God. Now, isn't it interesting that when we, when we literally um, have a crisis, a decision to make, something that we need to handle. Well, most of us immediately go to prayer. But do we go to fasting? 
It's like we have selective reading that takes place. We jump over what maybe we don't want to hear or what we don't understand. Case in point, believe and be baptized. It's amazing that people believe, but they don't get baptized. Now, I'm glad that we are we're moving that curve a little bit because next week we're going to have in Grand Blank and in Heartland, Grumlaw Church, 34 people who are getting baptized. Now, some of you would say this. Okay, I get the baptism thing. I get the believe, but why fast? Well, most obvious, Jesus did. And he emphasized it. And throughout the Bible, Moses, King David, Paul, guess what? Anna. And it's assumed followers fast. Let's go back to the first gospel, Matthew, Matthew 6, and see what it says. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting, except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. Well, that passage is kind of filled with a lot of gems. But here's the one I want us to walk away with. When you fast. When you fast. Not you must fast. Not if you fast, when you fast. Now, I don't want to get in anybody's grill, anybody's face, put on too much pressure because it's all about receiving his lifestyle as an invitation. You see, when we connect with Jesus at a personal, deep level, we find purpose, abundant life, release, release. You know, I emphasize that word release because I'm not going to say, I don't want to exaggerate that on a daily basis I talk to people, but definitely on a weekly basis, I am in contact with people who are holding on to baggage, which I would like to call garbage, from past life, holding grudges, bitterness against people that they should not be holding on to. When we maybe practice something like being in God's word, praying and fasting, we release that. We're world changers. Now, some of you are going, oh, you're using hyperbole there. No, 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 no hyperbole. None whatsoever. When we connect with Jesus at a deep level, our world changes. And everyone around us, their world changes because of the way we're approaching life circumstances we're world changers. Now, before I go on with more about this fasting, I want to kind of clarify a couple things. Going without food will not harm you. Now, there's always exceptions. There are some people that have medical conditions where they can't go without food. That is the exception. The majority of people in this room, 90, 95% of the people can fast. And I love this. You hear this. You've said it. Your kid said, I'm starving to death. No, you aren't. You're not starving to 
to death. Now, there's a couple different types of fasting, and I'll go into more detail, but there's personal fasting, which is private, and there's corporate. There's corporate fasting where we know in the Bible that people came together uh, to pray about something collectively, to not be attacked, to not face certain hardships. And, you, you know, we're emphasizing a lot celebration of discipline, an incredible book. We encourage you to get that book because it will, in fact, expound upon a lot of what we've been talking about. You know, it's interesting that, let me go back to, that we pray a lot, but a lot of times in Scripture, there's different disciplines that are working together, like prayer and fasting and worship. They kind of go hand in hand. I already mentioned this individual, Anna, but let's take a look at her life in Luke 2. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. Now, isn't this interesting that we don't get any indication from Anna that she was wigged out because she was single? No, there was an anticipation in her and you can sense from what was just read, we just experienced, that she was just glad to be part of the Savior who was going to be coming. Why fast? Well, I can give you more. It's a deep desire to know God. It's a deep desire to follow God. It's a desire to hear from God. See, basic is praying, reading God's word. But this is like an advanced class in college, in university, in a course. It's taking that next step to facilitate our walk with Jesus. Why do we fast? It's, a, it's guidance for significant decisions. I mean, uh, for instance, a significant decision, yes, is baptism, but you don't have to fast about should you be baptized. The Bible is very clear, believe and be baptized. But maybe, maybe you as a family are thinking of relocating to be more of an influence for Christ. That may take fasting. Let's look at Acts 13, 2-3. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. That was significant for the leadership of the church. Very much was significant. It that needed concentration time, wisdom. We've been doing that as a staff. There are times where we fast for a particular decision. Now, I, I, want, I, I need to be vulnerable right here. 
Uh, I've dabbled in fasting, but as a result of this discussion today and the study of this, uh, I'm going to the next level in my personal life with fasting. Why do we fast? It reveals cobwebs we may not see. I mean, have you ever been sitting in your home, you look up at the ceiling and you see a cobweb and you go, where did that come from? It, 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 sometimes we don't see what we need to see. A, a prayer that we often use around here is this, is, Lord, give me the eyes to see what I'm not seeing. Give me the ears to hear what I'm not hearing. It takes the focus off of food and the focus becomes feasting on God. It's a, it's a makeover. Maybe we fast one day where we go like this and say, God, I'm sensing you're calling me to do something. I don't know what it is. And maybe you fast and pray to get clarity. Now, what kind of fasts are there? Well, there's partial fasting where we limit certain types of food. Uh, Daniel, an incredible ambassador for God in the Old Testament, guess what? He practiced this partial fasting in Daniel 1. Let's take a listen. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel, but he responded, I'm afraid of the Lord, the king, who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed to the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. We can see how that impacted Daniel's life. There's another fast where we eliminate food and liquids altogether, but not water, not H2O. Uh, Daniel helps us out with this one too. Let's take a look. When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been mourning for three whole weeks. All that time, I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. Now, what's interesting here, some of you are going to go, what's with the fragrant lotions? What that is saying is, he literally was taking all the comfort foods and comforts of life away from him. Ooh. So, you know, I've been known to eat and eat too much as comfort food. There's a lesson there. There's another fast, and it's this. It's eliminating food, liquids, and all H2O, and we learn about this in Acts 9. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. The next fast, a lot of the guys here are going to go, okay, I'm listening to you. 
I'm in the game. Uh, I may consider this, but not when you hear the next fast. It's from sexual activity. 1 Corinthians 7, 5 says this. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Whenever there's been a major decision that you and your wife have to make, there is credence to saying, we are going to abstain from sexual activity while we are fasting to know and to be given clarity in a major decision. So maybe... You hear us talking about fostering and adopting, and one of you is saying, I'm in, and the other one's going, nope, we are not doing that. Get out of here. Maybe you should fast and pray about it. How about the job you're in is miserable for you, and maybe you have to make less money, but you could go someplace and be more fulfilled and be a greater contributor. Now, here's something we don't have to fast about. You don't have to fast about, well, should I stop living with my boyfriend or my girlfriend? No, no fasting is needed there. That's pretty clear. Maybe you need to fast about changing profession. The author of the book that we refer to says this. It's not so much abstaining from food as we are feasting on the word of God. We're taking our impetus from God's word. In other words, fasting is feasting. Wherever you're listening to this right now, would you, would you say that out loud? Fasting is feasting. Fasting is feasting. Now, some people say, well, why is the emphasis in the Bible majority of the time on food versus maybe fasting from something else? Well, the stomach is like a spoiled child, and a spoiled child does not need indulgence, but needs discipline, absolute discipline. So what is fasting? It's God initiated, God prompted, and there is little doubt in my mind that there are many of you who are listening to this right now that you're saying, I've been kind of at a crisis mode or a decision mode with something. I just need a little bit more guidance and already God's speaking to you about something that you should fast about. And by the way, fasting is a progression. It's baby steps. I am not propagating, advocating at all that you... Say, I'm going on a three-week fast just like Daniel. No, 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 no. Baby steps. I mean, even with hope water, it, when people tell us that they're going to run a half marathon or a marathon, you just don't start running that. You start walking. You combine walking with running. You pick up your mileage. Uh, the, the, the reality is this. You could start a fast like just for illustration purposes, not eating lunch on Tuesday and going all the way until dinner on Wednesday before you eat. That would be a progression. And by the way, 
get this book. You're going to get more insights about fasting in one of the chapters. But there's something else that I, that I want to share with you. There's a, an app that I go to all the time called Got Questions. And if you go to Got Questions app and, you'll, and put in fasting, Got Questions Fasting, it's unbelievable the number of articles that you will get. Fasting is a spiritual practice taking the focus off of food, the stuff of this world, in order to focus on the priorities of God. There's a guy in the Bible by Nehemiah, another guy who fasted and prayed. And that guy was so focused on what God wanted him to do to rebuild the walls around God's city, around Jerusalem, that it would be inconceivable to him to stop and to eat. That's how focused he was. Now let's make this a little practical. Is there a, a relationship that needs to be restored with another person? You've prayed about it maybe, but have you fasted? Are you in a desert time with God right now? Have you fasted? Uh, something the other day when I was in God's word that I'd never seen before, you know, the children of Israel walked around for 40 years, but do you know that they never had to replace their sandals? <laughs> Isn't that good? When you don't think God's there, he's always there taking care of you. How about praying, fasting, and worshiping for somebody else, intercessory. Somebody's going through a tough time. Somebody doesn't know Jesus, you're one. I, I hear people all the time, I'll say to them, you gonna have any more children? Nope, we're done, we got our boy, we got our, have you prayed about that? I've shared a little bit of this before, I've got a good buddy we were hunting together and we were walking through the field and as we were walking through the field, I asked about his family and I said, hey, you gonna have any more children? He goes, oh, oh, no, no more children. Nope, we're done. He goes, I got my girl, I got my boy, I got my college fund set up. I didn't say anything. We went through this path through these cornfields as we were hunting and he said, you didn't say anything. Something on your mind? I said, yep. He said, you gonna share it? I said, do you wanna hear it? He said, well, I think so. Yeah, yeah, tell me. I said, well, Nick, I want to tell you something. You got your life so figured out you don't even need God. Ooh, that stung. A few months later, he called me on the phone. He goes, hey, Terry, guess what? I said, what? He goes, my wife is pregnant. I go, way to be, man. Way to break the mold with twins. <laughs> He wouldn't trade it for anything. What about school? I hear people, this is the school my kid's going to. Is that where God wants your child to go? My, my child's going to do this, be this. Is that your decision or God's decision? You see, with God's word as the base, prayer, fasting, and worship will propel your Jesus experience. What are the benefits? 
guidance. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not under your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Confidence, a holy boldness like Joshua had. Be strong and courageous. How about deliverance? You've been, you've been battling with an addiction, whatever it is. Oh, you, you may need support from a group and you will. But what if you prayed and you fasted? What are the benefits? Insights, revelations, maturity. And look what Ezra 8.23 says. So we fasted and earnestly prayed for our God to take care of us, and he heard our prayer. Well, as a result of what I've shared today and what the Holy Spirit's doing, I want you to know that I'm committing myself personally to take a more active approach in fasting, personally. And I want to invite you to do the same, but if you're sitting here and you're listening to this now and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then a great step of obedience is to acknowledge that you're a sinner, acknowledge that there's a Savior, and acknowledge that that Savior wants to have what we've been talking about, a personal intimate relationship with you. So ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. And how I want to end this message today, let the feast begin. I really mean this. God bless you as you fast and feast. <laughs>